laugh about it. Cause we are crying behind sunglasses. Hey, 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 sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm your host, Kayla Dahl, and this is a mental health podcast for cool people. Welcome. Uh, If it's your first time here, then thank you. I'm so excited to have you on this magical adventure we call life. And if you are a returning listener, I love you. Today, as I'm putting out this episode, it is my birthday. That's right. I was born on 7-7. I was 7 pounds, 7 ounces, and my social security number is... (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Yes, but... I do consider myself a very lucky person, and not just because of all of the sevens, but over this past year, I basically burned my entire life down to the ground, and I built everything back up. I rose like a phoenix out of the fucking ashes, and I am so proud of myself, and I am so grateful, and I just want to say to anyone out there who is thinking about making a big life change, or if you're unhappy with any situation in your life, whether that's your job, your relationship, where you're living, anything, your, even your, your hair, okay? But really, for these big life decisions, don't give up. It's never too late. I promise you, there is hope out there. And the biggest things that have saved me over the past year have been therapy, group therapy, meds, (laughs) uh, meditating, friends. There have been so many beautiful new friends who have come into my life, which has been probably the biggest blessing. And getting to express myself through art, like this podcast. So um, disclaimer, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I know it's shocking, but I'm not a doctor. Um, If you actually have a problem, please, you know, call 911. Call a therapist. And do you want to give me a birthday gift while also treating yourself? Well, you're in luck because my favorite sponsor of this podcast, Papa and Barkley, has the best, best CBD tinctures, topicals, and edibles. It's great to help you de-stress, relax, get better sleep, or even just pain relief, you know? So I have a special treat for you, my sunnies, my crying behind sunglasses listeners. You get 20% off if you go to papaandbarkleycbd.com. Use code crying, that's C-R-Y-I-N-G, at Papa and Barkley. And after the show, please be sure to go to cryingbehindpod.com for episode guides and more details. And if you aren't already, please hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast app of choice. So on to today's episode, Uh, my guest today is Carl Tart from NBC's Grand Crew. We talk about men being vulnerable and going to therapy, friend breakups, how to be more proactive and attract the partner that you want and behind the scenes of how Grand Crew even got started in the first place. So, without further ado, please enjoy. 
Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm your host, Kayla Dahl, and today's guest is a good friend of mine. Uh, I think we met through UCB back in the day. He is very prolific in the comedy improv scene here uh, on the team's White Women and Queen George. You can also see him on the sitcom Grand Crew, and he has his own podcast called Gossip Kings on the HeadGum Network. Please welcome Carl Tart. Hi. Hey! Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I feel like you've been on my list for so long, and I'm glad it's it's finally happening. Finally come to fruition. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what 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 happened was I kept running into you in LA, like in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I saw you at a wine bar. And then I mm-hmm. saw you, because I've also, full disclosure, podcast listeners, been working at HeadGum now uh, and seeing you in action. So it's just nice in this post-pandemic world to, like, to see a yeah. face. We saw each other at a wine bar. saw each other at a regular bar that has wine, among other things. Right. That's Karaoke right. Karaoke night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually, I remember, I don't know if I told you this. I think I did. Uh, the night that I saw you at the wine bar, I was on, like, a, an internet date. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like the guy that much. And I saw you and your homies come in. And I was like, oh, I'd so much rather be hanging out with Carl. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the minute I had that thought, I was like, well, this date probably isn't going very well. So I, like, finished my drink and pretended that I was going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and literally let the guy walk me to my car. I sat in my car for five minutes. And, like, made sure that he was gone, and I walked back into the wine bar to keep hanging out. (laughs) I hope he's not listening to this. I mean, you know what? (laughs) If he is, I'll just let him know that there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, I believe in the world of dating. It's just, like, either the person, it's aligned or it's not aligned. And just there just wasn't that spark there for me, but I'm sure he's a great person. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How's your dating life or, or, or lack thereof? I, I don't even know what's going on with you. I'm, I, I, I float. I float. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I actually uh, just recently met somebody who we've been hanging out pretty hardcore. And so uh, she's really cool. And I'm happy to have her around. Amazing. But, you know, before, I that, I was, before that, I was, uh, you know, perpetually single. Not really, not really uh, looking for much. If something came along and it tricked me. I'm just playing, uh, but it, it, it like then you know I I've, I've dated, but I, I'm not like oh I gotta keep going on dates. That bothers me. I like hanging out with my friends too often. Yeah, so. yeah, you're not like making a a part time job out of swiping on all the apps and setting up all these nah, dates. Nah, that was that was for the birds. So you know, I had friends that we you know that that were more than platonic at times, but like other than that, I just kind of like keep it to myself there and you hang, go. Hang, hanging out with with the homies. Wasn't yeah. really pressed, you know what I mean? Wasn't really pressed. And and you shouldn't be. I mean, yeah. you know, you're like, I feel like you're really hitting your stride in your career. And like, why not just enjoy that? And yeah. you you got some good friends. Absolutely. Uh, I, I met a couple people that, you know, didn't necessarily uh, vibe with the career stuff. And so that's mm-hmm. always like an immediate like, all right, well, cool. Nice to meet you. What like, do you mean? Like they didn't understand? Didn't quite understand did. the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like didn't quite understand like the hanging out. Also, sometimes didn't really like the fact that I hung out with my friends a lot. Like which huh. usually I guess I had to like look look within and go, okay, well if I'd rather hang out with my friends than this person, then maybe that's not the person I need to be dealing with. 
Uh, yeah. But, yeah, like I was saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting because the like being an actor, it's freelance. And so it's like all different hours of the day. And I know as an actor, I mean, I'm not sure if you're still doing self-tapes, but a lot of times those auditions, when you have to record yourself at home, you get like very little notice. And all of a sudden you got to drop everything, cancel a plan and just go do it. And I'm sure some people who um, are not in the entertainment industry, they might not get it. That's... Not get it. They don't fully get it all the time. Yeah. But. It's all good, you know. People mm-hmm. come in, come in and out of your life for reasons, and uh, I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. So. I love it. I yeah. love it. So, mental health check in, Carl Tar. Yeah. Uh, let's just take a deep breath. Let's see. Okay. You know, where? How are you feeling right now today? What's the vibe? What's the mood? Today is a good day. Today is a good day. I did do therapy today. So Bravo. Was able to talk to my therapist about things. Roasted his hat. He had a real sweaty hat. And I was like, okay, are you allowed to accept, accept gifts? Because uh, I'm going to bring you another hat. He had a sweaty that, hat? Like it was dirty looking? Yeah, it was like, supposed to, it was supposed to be black. Like it was, uh-huh. when it, when it origin, when he originally bought it, it was black and it definitely is not black anymore. It's like <laughs> light brown. It's been sun. I guess he like walks to work maybe. But yeah, like yeah, the yeah. sun has taken a toll on this hat. So I was like, you got, you got another hat coming. Because I'm a big hat guy. Behind me, I know I got it blurred out right now because everything's not organized. Sure. But. A lot of hats back there. Yeah, and you so, got your Clippers hat on right now. Yes, absolutely. Clippers Clipper fan. Clipper Nation. Clipper Nation. Huge Clipper fan. Yeah. I mean, I think I got a gift for my therapist before. What did I get her? Oh, that's right. Um, I remember during the pandemic, like early pandemic, there was like a lot of weird personal drama going on with me. And I had this inside joke with her where I was like, grab your popcorn, honey. Because it was just like, I had... Yeah stuff going on every single time and um i actually gifted her like a a whole all these different flavors of popcorn Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like a little nice note uh because she had gotten me through some tough times so yeah i mean that's tight yeah people out there give your therapist a gift like not to bribe them to like you but just like as a as a thank you yeah yeah your therapist is not gonna like you anyway i'm just playing (laughs) uh no, nah, I I have a good time with my therapist, and I was, I was just like, oh, are you allowed? I didn't even know if they were allowed to accept gifts because I remember one therapist I had before this one told me like if we saw each other in the store we would have to like ignore each other, but I'm like we don't have to do that. I don't, I'm fine with people knowing that I come and talk to you. <laughs> right, but, right. Well, I think there's like a certain professional, uh, I don't know, like oath that they take where it, the default is for them to pretend they don't know you, and I guess you would have to say like give them permission like oh it's fine. People can yeah. know that you're my yeah. therapist. Yeah. Um, but it also, like, I think even if that happens, like, they still, they can't disclose what's happening in your sessions, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't so. be like, if I'm if I'm standing with somebody, be like, oh, this is my therapist. And then the therapist can't be like, oh, you can, you won't believe what he was talking about today. Oh, is this the one? <laughs> oh, is this the person you were talking about? This is the person you said you were cheating on? <laughs> yeah, that would, oh, my God. Wow. What, that would be a crazy moment. I yeah. can't even imagine. Uh, how long have you been seeing this this therapist? Uh, since the middle of the pandemic, like since early. Well, I guess I mean you know that's always a uh, hard thing to say because some people still believe we are still in the middle of it, and we are in a, in a way. But like sure. since like, like I started seeing him online during like the the hardcore time, like twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, that's that's awesome. It's nice to have someone who actually like gets you and knows you you know yeah yeah i had the same person that i've been seeing um since like january or february 2020 so i saw her a few times in person before things hit Mm -hmm. and then um 
Yeah, actually, I remember the day that, like, the day before the shutdown, um, like, when NBA got canceled and Tom Hanks got COVID, I was in her office, and she was like, I think I'm going to start doing remote sessions starting next week. I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Two weeks. Two weeks. (laughs) That's great. That's awesome. And where are you from originally? Born in Mississippi. And, uh, yeah, moved to L.A. when I was eight years old. Oh, okay. So you kind of, you grew up here then. I grew up here. I grew up here. Uh, I love Mississippi. It's in my heart. I got it tattooed on my arm right here. But uh, I I definitely love L.A. as well. That's home. This is also very much close to my heart, in my heart. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I grew up here too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's always rare to meet someone uh, that's, you know, grew up here. I feel like whenever I say that I grew up in L.A., pe- people have a certain reaction where they're like, oh, how was that? Like- yeah. Because, but they don't realize, like, the true LA people are the are not who you're talking about when you talk crap about LA people. Hundred so. <laughs> percent. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like yeah. the LA natives, we're chill. We've been here the whole time. Instead of like these other people that are coming from other states. I'm not gonna name any specific ones because I don't know where they're coming from, but other places yeah. that are not big cities and they have stars in their eyes and they think that like they're gonna get off the plane, walk down Hollywood Boulevard and get discovered. It's like honey. Yeah. That is not. not how, that's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how it works. And I think another. I mean, that what we're describing is just like a level of entitlement that people have when they come here, mm-hmm. and they already come here with like a, a image of what it is here, and they tend to gravitate towards the places where those images are perpetuated. But I've also been a lot of other places in this country, and let me tell you, I'll be the first to tell you that those places exist in every major city. Number one, mm-hmm. like and <laughs> like. It it just sometimes people get on my nerves talking about LA stuff, and I'm just I was like, man, you haven't even experienced like, you haven't even done the work. Like you just want to you just want to like make excuse for your homesickness and for the fact that your career didn't change the moment you stepped off the plane, as we like we were just talking about. Yeah, and that's that's the part that bothers me. I'm just like, just give it a little time, give it some patience. Like this is a really dope city with an extreme amount of opportunities. I think the more opportunities than a lot of other places in this country. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like also, you got to put in the work. Got to put in the work. And if you don't want to put in the work, take your ass home. (laughs) Exactly. 100%. Uh, And so did you start doing um, theater or comedy or things like that when you were a kid? Yes and no. It's So I, when we first moved here, my my mom moved here for acting. Mm-hmm. And I used to do a little bit when I was a kid, too, because, you know, she knew I had a, a knack for being silly. So she was like, let's do this. But I would get shy. I would get like a lot of stage fright and stuff like that. So I stopped. My mom was like, I'm not going to force you to do it. You go to school and be a kid and play sports. And But I was always in like performing arts. I, I played instrumental music. I went to Hamilton High School, which is a music That's academy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Actually, a uh, little cross promotion just because I've been working on the show. I remember I was helping record um, for Senior Superlatives, yeah. different podcast on HeadGum, and heard all about your high school experience. And I couldn't believe uh, I had no idea about your musical background. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom kind of forced me to do that stuff. So that was like my little performance outlet. And then. I went to college for one year and played basketball in college for a year and got cut off the team and, you know, kind of had that realization that basketball wasn't going to be in my future. You know, mm-hmm. we all, we all kind of got to get to that point at a certain time, us high school athletes. And uh, 
I was like, well, what's what's been the next most like consistent thing in my life? It's like, well, it's always kind of been being like the class clown, kind of being goofy and fun and funny and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, why not try to make some money off of that? But like, that's like a really like arrogant decision to make. You sure. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I'm funny. People should hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. So let me go out here and try to do this. But it worked like immediately. Of course, I've had, you know, bad days on stage and stuff, but the comedy stuff worked almost immediately. Wow. And it just kind of felt like, oh, th- it felt like a glove. It's like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be doing. Once I found improv and sketch and stuff like that, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, and I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. I, I, I've seen you perform, and you're probably, like, top ten funniest performers I've oh, seen that's, live. That's very nice of you to say. It's Yeah, true. it feels good. It, it, feels, it feels normal. It feels natural, and I'm happy to be doing it. So. Yeah. Uh yeah that's that's kind of how that got started. I wasn't so but when I was a kid I did pop into a couple like random commercials and uh did a few like background spots or featured background on on a couple TV shows and so, like I was in like the pilot of 6 feet under when I was like 11 years old. Oh, uh, interesting. Can, yeah, if you go back in, on HBO and watch that, you'll see me at the very end you see a little a little kid. That, what were you doing? Just walking by and kind of staring at the guy. <laughs> like, oh, because it was background, and, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And uh, on Malcolm in the Middle, I was a kid on there when at his uh, elementary school, or whatever. Wow. So yeah, back in those days, it was it was uh I used to do, it, but then I kind of stopped through middle school and high school. Yeah. Do you have siblings? I do. I got three younger brothers. Oh uh, wow! So it's all boys. All boys, but uh, different parents though. Mm-hmm. So my dad's got two other boys, and my mom's got one other boy. He's the one that I'm closest with. That makes sense. He, he grew up here in L.A., so. Uh-huh. Yeah. So your dad is back in uh, Back in Mississippi, Mississippi? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Do you uh, still talk to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're on great terms. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, we have a, uh, we've, the, now that we're both adults, um, we're both adults, but like <laughs> now that I'm an adult, uh, as well as him being an adult, mm-hmm. uh, we have a different relationship than we had growing up. We we weren't as close when I was coming up because he wasn't, you know, here. Mm-hmm. But now we can like talk on a different level and also like we're like very similar to each other. Like we, I look a lot like him and like it's just like weird, you know. Yeah. So we realize what, how similar we are. Interesting. Do you um what like what personality wise? What do you think the similarity is there? I think I get my humor from him. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I definitely think uh, when I see him interacting with his friends and family and stuff like that, and I see how he is the, always the life of the party, and everybody's like, "Oh, here comes Carl's crazy ass." They talking about him, and it's kind of the same thing they say about me, you know. Okay. And my mom is also a performer, so I kind of between both of them, I kind of think that's where I kind of got my, like, what I do now from. Like yeah. both of my parents kind of created me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean. You seem so well-adjusted and so happy. What could you possibly need to go to therapy for? I'm so curious. <laughs> Just, like, you don't need to obviously give me the details of your therapy sessions, but, like, I don't know, in general. You know, what I find good about it, because I do have a very – I'm very happy with my group of friends, and mm-hmm. they're, I, I would consider them to also be well-adjusted and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they – we all – you know, we, we share with each other, which I think is a misconception with men. Mm-hmm. It's like people think that men don't share with each other and don't like give vulnerable and stuff like that, but we all very much do quite a bit. That's why we hang out together so much. That's why you see us at the wine bar together and that's why we got a whole TV show about that. Like yeah. uh but uh 
you know, they, they're not going to be able to give you the answers every single time. And you also don't want to I, th- I feel like I'm, a, I'm the type of person that overanalyzes a lot of stuff. And so therapy for me is like, I'm paying you to listen. When my friends get annoyed with me, well, you have to listen. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Because I think that like, yes, it's beautiful to have the supportive friends, but you also don't want to like wear it out. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to wear it out. And we also like reciprocate. Like if, if, if one friend has an issue, like we'll all be there for him, vice versa, everything. So I think what I started therapy, I started therapy uh, – and I won't go into the details of, of exactly why, but I had ended up losing a friend and that had never happened to me before. Like where, they died or you guys no, no, no. stopped talking? We stopped talking. Got we stopped it. hanging out. And, you know, not to generalize, not to be misogynistic, okay. but that doesn't really happen in male friendships that often. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we stay strong. Like even we, we get, we get, over whatever issues we have with each other. And, and so this was the first time this ever happened to me mm-hmm. where it was like, this is a person I considered a close friend. And due to some things that he had going on in his life, we we were no longer that close anymore. We no longer friends. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk to somebody about that. And also at the time I was noticing a trend in my, in my dating habits that I didn't like. And so I was like, what, what about me is, is, is drawing this type of woman to mm-hmm. me or, like what? What is it? What's going on here? And so I wanted to talk about that. And you know, it, it was just a, a quest to be like the best person I can be. And that's why, that's why I started doing it. And 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 found it to be extremely helpful. Like even sometimes where I feel like I don't have nothing to talk about. Like today when I went, out, I was like, I don't really know. Like you got to ask me some questions, homeboy. And uh, then ended up we ended up talking for a long time. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's some days it's like that. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up. Well, first of all, it's really nice um, to hear that you and your male friends are able to be vulnerable with each other because men are so socialized to just play tough and not talk about their feelings. So I think that's really great. But also, like, I agree with you. A friend breakup is really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find sometimes it's harder to get over than a romantic breakup because sometimes there's not even really a definitive moment where you've yeah. actually broken it off. You just kind of stop talking and then yeah. there's no closure. Yeah. Uh, and it also hurts more because like you said, with a friend, you just kind of expect them to always be there and then they're just gone. So yeah. it's like, how do I, how do I process all of that? How were you able to get over it? Uh, the therapy helped a lot. Yeah. And also it, I wasn't the only one in that situation. It was a, it was a friend that was a mutual friend of a lot of, of a lot of friends, mm-hmm. but, and, and, and that was, we all kind of went through the same thing. It was all like, kind of like a big breakup. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's with, tough. with this individual person. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. What, and the other thing you were talking about was your dating habits. I think when you're going through and you keep dating different versions of the same person, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Who's the common denominator? Who's the common denominator? It's, you got to take accountability. Yeah. I'm very big on that. And so like, what was the type? Just like, was it manic pixie dream girl? Was <laughs> was it uh, like someone who is really controlling or really submissive? Like, what was the general? You know type what that you're I going for? I don't know. I can't tell you. Okay. But it was like, and not because I don't want to tell you. I can't tell you because I don't know what the type was. But it was just a specific type of person. 
Mm-hmm. It was all in the improv community too, and you know how that can be. Oh, I and so, I stayed so far. Like, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Who knows what happens in the future? But I've been pretty good about not having any serious relationships in the improv community because it yeah, seems like yeah. it's a mess. <laughs> it can be a mess. <laughs> and so, and this is year. You know, this is years ago. This is also at a time where I had, you know, was kind of reaching a level of like one of the one of the one of the higher up performers at the theater and stuff, and kind of was enjoying that attention. Sure. And just was getting in situations that I shouldn't have been getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you just want to reassess. Reassess and say, like, let's be, how do I be more confident and how do I attract what I want to be around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's good to be proactive, you know? Yeah. I think um, I've done that before where, like, I'll take a step back and kind of make a list of, like, Okay, what would be the ideal qualities I would want in a partner? You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. not that like someone has to take off every box in that list, but at least I can kind of be honest with myself when I'm going on dates of like, okay, what am I looking for here? Because sure, there are a lot of beautiful people. It's LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go beyond that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Just to take a total left turn uh with grand crew it's kind of based on real life kind of not i've watched Mm -hmm. the show it's really funny uh anyone out there who hasn't seen it yet check it out please uh where did the idea come from and how did it all come about uh it came from what you saw that night at the wine bar yeah it was just us kind of hitting sitting around talking about life and experiences and dating and what we're going through and what's on our minds and you know, us having our hot takes and opinions on things. And one night, the showrunner from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Dan Gore, mm-hmm. came and sat with us. And, you know, I was working on that show, and Phil, the creative grand crew, was also working on that show. And they were trying to they were trying to figure out a show they were going to pitch together to the network. And uh, he came and he sat with us, and the way we all kind of interacted, Dan was just like, oh, wow. Like, it was crazy being a fly on the wall for this situation. Like, let's this is the show like it's yeah. it's you guys and on top of that like you know you don't see a group of black dudes sitting at a wine bar like you it's really it's... <laughs> really don't i don't so, know what that is it's like it's not even black dudes it's like men in general i don't understand yeah. why wine has become this like oh it's a girl thing it's like no it's it's a beverage it's a beverage and it's, it's so much easier to drink like i can still drink every day if i'm just drinking wine yeah <laughs> That's, yeah. not, that's not true. That's not true. Don't uh, that my thoughts do not reflect the podcast. <laughs> no, it's fine. Listen, this is a mental health podcast. We do not en- endorse anybody becoming an alcoholic yeah. per <laughs> our advice. But I will agree with you. It's a little easier because you're not with beer. It's like you feel kind of bloated and gross. Yeah. And you just gain weight. It's like eating a loaf of bread every every night. So uh, with wine, it's just, it was just like an easier drink to just kind of sip on and hang out with your friends. And that's always a, it's always chill in there. Mm-hmm. And last night we went to a pretty loud popping thing, and I feel I realized like, oh, I might be getting a little older myself because I was ready to get out of there after like forty five minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah. was like, I gotta go. That's like, so funny. This is Wait, too uh, much for a Tuesday night. Yeah, no Tuesday. I mean, absolutely not. What's your favorite kind of wine if you're going to the wine bar? What are you ordering? Uh, I'm ordering a Cab Sauv, something dark, bold, like flavorful i want something i can kind of that i can really taste the alcohol in because i do miss just going to the bar and you know drinking margaritas every night but i can't do that no more i'm 33 years old uh 
I drink one margarita and that's 20 pounds on my ass. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, wine is, is, is a little bit easier on the palate. And I, I also have gotten into, you know, the tasting of it and like the identifying notes in it and that type of stuff. Oh, have you gone wine tasting like out in um, yeah, wine country? Yeah, yeah. we've done that a, a few times. And also, you know how the wine, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the name of it because I don't want it to get overcrowded. No, no, no. Our, that's yeah. our spot, Kayla. I know. That, have you noticed yeah. how I haven't said the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our spot. That's for us. But there are many wine bars in Los Angeles. Y'all are just going to have to go on a lo- wild scavenger hunt. Exactly. Wine is popping out here now. But yeah, like they also, the place that we go to offers good tasting and good like info on the wines that you drink and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, a, oh, I was going to say, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I've been wine tasting. I've been in uh, Los Olivos, and uh, solving is really fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would say, as far as my favorite varietals, I love a Malbec, if I'm having red. Yes, 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 kind yes. Kind of yes. spicy, big, gets you over the head. But when it's hot, which it very often is here in L.A., I just, I love... I love a white wine. I love a good yeah. Pinot Gris or a Sauve Blanc, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When it's hot, I'm usually not trying to drink wine. Yeah. But if I if I must, like on, <laughs> on if, if, if I'm forced to, uh, it's probably going to be something, you know, a Chardonnay. Maybe something with bubbles, too. I might just Prosecco it up on a hot day. Oh, okay. He's going bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going bubbles on a hot day. So, Carl, when you, if you have a bad day, like, mm-hmm. say, I mean, I know this has never happened to you because you're top 10 performer, but if you have a bad <laughs> show, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. you come home. Um, what is your hot tip for us as far as how you're going to turn your mood around if you're feeling depressed? Hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. When I'm feeling any type of depressive mood, I'm going immediately to my homies. Yeah. Like, I, I'm running to them. We need to get drinks, fellas. It's time to, like, I need to turn around. If they're all unavailable, then I'm coming home and I'm uh, going to the homies in the refrigerator, which is not a good thing. You know what I mean? What do you mean? You, like eating? Uh, eating. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I, might, I might make a full meal or something like that, like something to, like take my mind off. I really love cooking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will, you know, just go to the grocery store and get some ingredients. Say, you know, I'm feeling like this right now. Let me mm-hmm. let me whip this up. I did so much cooking over the pandemic just because there were days where, you know, I, I'm very big on hanging out with my friends. So when I can't hang out with my friends, I, you know, turned to I wasn't baking no sourdough, but I was like baking other stuff, like yeah. <laughs> baking key lime pies and stuff and handing them out and, uh, you know, giving them to neighbors and stuff like that. I live in a cool apartment complex and we all were pretty much shacked up. So it was just like, hey, if anybody wants some pie. like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. I don't know how to bake at all because I'm worried if I teach myself how to bake, then I'm going to have breads and cakes in, in my house and that's going to be a problem. My cousin laughs at me because he's like, you'll go in the kitchen and bake a whole birthday cake and only have one slice. Wow. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I'm not, I'm not like, despite my stature, I'm not that big of an eater. No, so, I, <laughs> I didn't say but, that, but I, yeah. I, love the, I love the self-control. Yeah, yeah. My my roommate used to laugh at me because I would like get candy from the grocery store and uh-huh. have like one bite and then just like put it in the freezer. <laughs> and he's like, "How do you do that? How do you not sit? like?" And then he'll like look like three months later and it's still in there. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of when I was a kid. My brother and I we would go trick or treating every year and we would mm-hmm. get um, our parents would give us like an empty pillowcase, you know, to fill up yeah. with candy. And I don't really care that much about candy either. 
at all. Uh, so I remember we would go and I would try to get the most candy, not because I cared about eating it, but just because I'm competitive. The competition, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then we would come back and I was the same as you. I would have like a piece a day, yeah. you know. And meanwhile, my brother, uh, he had so many cavities because he yeah. would just <laughs> gorge himself, you know. Yeah. On those things. Yeah. Uh, what's What's your favorite indulgence? Is it key lime pie? That's not my favorite. I would say, well, I mean, at this point, at 33, my favorite indulgence is alcohol. Right. But beyond that, pasta, I would uh-huh. say. A really good, like, Cajun seafood, creamy, Alfredo-type pasta. Mm-hmm. Whipping that up, and it just tastes good. And then uh, I also really like ice cream. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a pretty big, like, you know, I, vanilla's cool with me. Yeah. Like, some vanilla ice cream. I put a little milk in there to make it soupy. I know that's weird, but, like, that's my jam right there. Like that's how I might grind up some Reese's cups in it, you know, some like that. Some if I'm getting wild. Wow. It's a wild night. Getting totally, <laughs> totally wild. Like my parents had me really young and so they had their what I call their real kids, like later. <laughs> how old were they when they had you? Uh seventeen and eighteen. Oh my god. Yeah. That's really young. That's like teen mom status. Yeah, teen mom. My mom was teen mom. So, uh, but look, she hit the jackpot. I mean, you you, you turned out <laughs> great. I'm just yeah. like, wow, I'm shook. So, because you were saying she came out here for acting, so she came out here because she wanted to get into acting. Mm-hmm. And um, she did. She worked quite a bit in like the '90s and early 2000s and stuff. But then once my brother was born, you know, she kind of took off from acting. And then on top of that. Uh, SAG went on like a really long, like year long strike, right? Right when he turned like one or two, mm-hmm. and so that that kind of you know birthed the reality show craze and kind of took a lot of the content away from television. And yeah. then a writer strike happened not too long after that, so her career just kind of like never kind of got back on the rails the way she wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But you know that's what I'm here for. That's what you're. You know what you're. You're. You're doing it for the. For the whole Tart family, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it makes sense. And have you ever felt any sort of stage fright or anxiety about performing? Oh or yeah. Just, oh really? Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. I'm surprised because you seem so relaxed and so natural on stage. Well, now I'm I'm better with that. It depends on what the stage is, though. You know, like auditioning for SNL is gonna make you nervous because that's like such a big opportunity. Uh, but when I'm just doing ASCAT at UCB, I'm like, what do I got to be nervous about? Like, these people are coming to see us, you know? Right. So, but if like, you have those big opportunities where you are getting nervous, what do you do to kind of psych yourself out? I'm going to be honest, because like, I think this is important to say. Yeah. Sometimes I may cut a few corners with, like, the preparation. Because I feel like if you get bogged down with the preparation – it can throw you into a tizzy. And so sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this like this. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to show my ability with this version of it. I'm not going to sit and rewrite the characters over and over again. Like when I was auditioning for SNL, like I'm not going to sit here and just rewrite the things over and over. And it's always, this, I don't, I can't say this works because clearly I'm not on Saturday Night Live. But hey, I, but you're on a sitcom <laughs> that's on NBC. Like true. you're doing I, yeah. well. <laughs> We're doing okay. But, it, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, like, I try to like just to take the pressure off myself because yeah. at a certain point you have to look at yourself and go, listen, either you're going to do it or you're not. So why don't you just do it? Just do it. And you will find out 
what happens afterwards. Do your best job. You've worked to get here. Think about, I, I try to look at my work as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at what I'm doing in that exact moment. Look at everything that I've done and go, what makes you less qualified to be in this position? Mm. So do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So you're kind of talking about imposter syndrome where you think like, oh, I'm not good enough. Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? Whatever. But that's good. You reflect on like, wait, but you have, I've done this. I've done this. Yeah. I've taken these classes. I've, you know, made I've people Taking these laugh. classes. I've performed in this theater. I've performed in front of this many people. I've done this. I've done that. Why can't I do this? And then yeah. you go in and you get it done. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, it is, I will say, it's a very hot take, very controversial opinion to say cut corners, but I think Maybe what you're saying is not just cut corners, but like maybe don't overthink it. Not over, yes, not cut corners, but don't overthink it. And what what I meant by cut corners is just like at a certain point, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. And because you want to be prepared, you always want to be prepared. So cut corners may not be the the right thing to say, but give yourself grace. A lot of us don't give ourselves grace in times of stress. Mm-hmm. And you got to give yourself grace. That's a part of self care, in my opinion, is giving yourself a little bit of like, hey. Everybody makes mistakes. Just do just do the best you can. Just right. do just just do the best you can and know that you're you're here for a reason. Not everybody's not here. Joe Schmo off the street is not where you are. You're here for a reason. So get it done. And whatever happens is is beyond your control anyway. Cuz that's one thing that we learn in Hollywood and stuff like that is that we cannot control what they think about us. Like Correct. it's usually not on us to control. It's usually it could be anything. Ah, that guy was too tall. Ah, he's too short. Mm, I don't like his beard. He can shave his beard. Nah, I'm already seeing him with a beard. I can't see him without it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, there's there's levels to this thing. That, yeah, like, and it's so much beyond your control where they're just like, oh, she reminds me of my ex-girlfriend, or mm-hmm. we want someone who's blonde or brunette or this, that. It's like, you could drive yourself insane trying to be insane. what else, what, what everyone else wants instead yep. of just being you. Being you. And then once you learn that, once you learn to just be you, you realize pretty quickly on that if you put in the work and you put in the time, you stay prepared, that those situations don't matter no more. And then the opportunities start to come. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I feel like you could write a, a motivational book for young actors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think about it. I don't know. Listen, it's just it's just a pitch. Because, like, I listen to that and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you absolutely can do it. We can all do it. You know? It's just like that positive attitude is, is so infectious. Have, have you always just been, like, in this positive mindset? Or do you feel like there's been struggles in your life where you've had to develop more of that resilience? Oh, I definitely have had to develop resilience in my yeah. life, for sure. I mean, it, and it's still, I'm still developing it. That's mm-hmm. why I still stay in therapy and stuff like that. There are times where I'm completely going like haywire and don't know my ass from the hole in the ground. Like, I, there are still times where that is happening that I just kind of got to, you know, lean on that resilience and sometimes lean on people who have that resilience because maybe I don't have it. You know, this is an easy situation. This is low stakes for us. We just sitting here having a conversation. Sure. But if it's in, in the high stakes of it, there's times where all that stuff I'm just preaching, I can't even practice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, ha- it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. We just got to, you know, that's a part of that preparation too. Mm-hmm. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So do, do, do the due diligence and do the work that you need to do for yourself 
for your career, for everything. Like just staying ready. And and that takes that's everyday work. That you never figure it out. And yeah. then you go and then you grow to get comfortable in a place that you want to be in. And that's fine too. Is there a specific routine that you do to stay ready every day? I do not have a routine and I need one. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, I need one. I don't I don't go to sleep on time. I don't I should like I should like stop drinking during the week. Uh-huh. Go to sleep on time. Maintain a, a, a daily workout schedule. Maintain a uh a good food schedule, a good food ritual. Mm-hmm. Like all that st- there's a lot of stuff that I still need to be working on that I'm trying to work towards working on, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a personal trainer. I work out with him two to three times a week, but now it's time to get in the gym on the days where I'm not with him. Right, you know? where you have you have to have your own motivation on that. Own motivation. Yeah. Uh last night I kept I took it easy on the alcohol, came home, went to sleep, but I slept with the TV on and it woke me up halfway through my sleep. So now my REM is thrown off. And yeah. now I'm when I wake up in the morning, it's late and I want to lay around in bed for a long time. I don't have anything to do until, you know, noon. I'm gonna lay around until I gotta get up and go. Mm-hmm. And then so it's like not doing that. Like at least getting up, like what I what somebody told me recently was like, don't lay in bed until it's until you are now in a rush. You can still treat yourself to that relaxation if you don't have anything to do. But like, get out of bed and go in the living room and go lay on the couch. <laughs> like at least at least you're not in bed, you know? At least you have changed the scenery. Yes. Yes. Get up and go lay on the couch. You know what? I think that's good advice because there are some days where it's like you really, really don't want to do anything. Yeah. And at least you've moved from the bed to the couch. And, and we, you're not going to be comfortable on the couch. Not Even, as comfortable. Then, not as comfortable. And then you're going to end up looking over at your kitchen and go, well, I should make some breakfast. And now you're up. And now you figure, well, I should do this. Since I'm up, I should do this. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. No, I need to get back on my routine. I feel like I used to be, like I had a really good streak that I started during the pandemic because I was going crazy and I was like, I have to have a routine. Otherwise, I'm going to go nuts. So I was like meditating every day, journaling every day. Uh, the workouts kind of like, I, as long as I'm doing three or four a week, I was okay with that. Uh, and yeah, I've been totally off. So I feel you on that. And yeah. I'm not sure what to do. I mean, maybe yeah. I just need an accountability buddy. Maybe I just need to, you know, maybe I'll just text you and I'll be like, listen, Carl, did you do it today? <laughs> yep, And I'll be like, no. <laughs> give yourself grace. <laughs> don't give then, yourself too much grace. Accountability buddy is 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 a good concept. Yeah. Cuz that way you don't cuz we we will get in I'm saying give yourself grace, but we will get in a grace period that we shouldn't be in. <laughs> a grace period. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just cuz it's like there's there's a uh there's a very big difference between giving yourself grace versus just completely giving up. Mhm. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I understand that. Are you a kind of person who likes to plan ahead and like make uh, goals or vision boards or things like that? Or do you just kind of roll with the opportunities as they come? I kind of roll with the opportunities. Okay. And just kind of set myself up for when those opportunities are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably make a vision board or something like that. I think about it. I think about the future, but sometimes I don't act on it, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I should be better about that for sure. Yeah, I mean, because it, it depends on the personality. Some people love to plan. Like, I love a spreadsheet. I love a planner. And then other people are completely allergic to it where they're just like, no, I want to see where the wind takes me. For as much of a control freak as I am, I, you would think I would do more of that. 
Oh, you, you consider yourself to be a control freak in a way? Uh, in ways like when I get on a plane, I'd love to be flying it. <laughs> no! <laughs> what? Like, I don't, like, because I know I'm going to get us there safe. You Okay. Do you have a pilot's license, Carl? I don't. <laughs> I do not. Okay. But uh, you think that you know... You're gonna I'm land like, that listen, plane safely. I'm landing. You you give me the directions in my ears. I'm paying attention. I'm I'm here with I'm here with the throttles. I'm here with the, with the flaps. <laughs> okay, you know I, mean? I mean that's a lot of confidence. It's more just like uh, when when I get into a car with somebody, nobody's a good enough driver for me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm the best. I'm the best driver. <laughs> okay. So if we going somewhere, I want to drive because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. I'm. Ge- I know then I'm getting us there safe. That makes sense. When you fly, do you have to, like, take drugs or do things to, like, zone out so you're not worried about... I just stay plane? up I just stay up the whole night before and just fall asleep on the plane. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's really funny. So you're a nervous passenger. A little bit. A little bit of a nervous passenger, especially when I see people making mistakes. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I'm a control freak, more like... Not like in a bad way. It's 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 an endearing control freak. It's I mean, just it's like, not, listen, I'm giggling over here. It doesn't sound bad to me mm-hmm. at all. It doesn't sound like you're trying to control people's lives. Nah, nah people do what they want to do with their life. But if it's affecting me in any way, then we're going to have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So not like in a romantic relationship, you don't think that, you're, that this this side of you comes out? No, 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 no. No, I don't. I, I'm farthest away from controlling in that situation. But if it's something that's bothering me, Mm-hmm. Like for example, if she wants to drive, I go no. <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind honestly. Like, anytime a friend or anyone wants to drive, I'm like, yeah, I would love to not drive right now. <laughs> I would love to just sit in the passenger seat, put my feet up, and hang out. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Well, cool. I appreciate you coming on the show today, Carl. Uh, yeah. And, like, I just, yeah, it's been really fun, like, getting to know you better on this level and just, like, having these little, little deep uh, conversations. If people want to check out more about you out in the Internet world, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at dammitcarl, D-A-M-M-I-T-C-A-R-L. Also, uh, if you like sports, you can listen to The Flagrant Ones. That's uh, patreon.com slash The Flagrant Ones. You can listen to XOXO Gossip Kings on the HeadGum Network. It's a real fun Gossip Girl We Watch podcast with me and my best good friend, Lamar Woods. We have a real good time. People seem to be enjoying it quite a bit, so I'm sure you will too. And other than that, uh, watch Grand Crew. Screaming yes. now on Peacock and Hulu. And season two will be out sometime in 2023. Oh, did you guys film it already? We haven't filmed it already. We're starting okay. soon. Wow. But it's, well, going, it's, it's coming. Thank you so much. Getting to season two. That's not easy in today's It's age. not easy. It so ain't that's, easy. That's ain't huge. easy being greasy. <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, do you have any last words of wisdom for anybody out there who might be struggling or, you know, maybe maybe an aspiring performer, not sure what way to go? I think the theme that we've been talking about, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't worry, and don't worry about what other people think. That's something that I struggle with constantly. Worry about what other people's opinions. Other people's opinions don't matter to you. They're not affecting you in any type of way. And anything that 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 doesn't come your way wasn't meant for you in the first place. I know that you're tired of hearing people say that, but it's real. It's for real. 
that, I'm not that, tired of it because I need to hear it. What's yeah. meant for me will come to me. And if it's not, bye bye. Listen, hey, I told y'all about the SNL audition. I didn't get SNL. Right. So what did I do? Went and got another TV show. That's what you did. That's a boss That's move. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Crying Behind Sunglasses. If you like what you heard, please go ahead and leave us a nice review. It really helps to spread the word about uh, the show. And the more people that can listen to the show, then we can destigmatize these conversations around mental health. And then the world is going to be a better place. And if you want to learn more about my guest or the show, go to cryingbehindpod.com. I have been your host, Kayla Dahl. Until next time, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny.